Welcome to the Purpose Powered Entrepreneurs Podcast, a show about how to succeed in business while creating a balanced and healthy life. I'm Ashlyn Cubison, an entrepreneur who went from successful real estate broker to published author, all while running three businesses. And I'm Lindsay Young, the founder of Lindsay Lives Well, a holistic nutrition and lifestyle brand, NSCA strength and conditioning specialist, and ITN nutrition coach. If you're an ambitious dreamer, get ready for some simple and actionable strategies. Hello, and welcome back to the Purpose Powered Entrepreneurs Podcast. We have a very special guest in studio today, which is always a fun treat to have someone who's local and that we can be with face-to-face. Jessica Smith is not your typical tax accountant. She is an enrolled agent with more than a decade of experience guiding six-figure coaches and consultants through the world of accounting and taxes. So today we're going to talk about specifically year-end tax planning and tips to save on your 2021 tax return um, and commonly missed deductions, which I'm very excited to learn about (laughs) too. And Um, I'm excited. You're excited. Good. Okay. This is going to be fun. So Jessica, can you start out by just explaining to us what is an enrolled agent? What does that mean? I get this a lot. So really an enrolled agent, the reason why a lot of people don't understand or know what an enrolled agent is has to do with poor marketing by the IRS. It's been around since like the 1930s or the 40s. So it's not like a new designation. It's just less popular as what people assume uh, in the the CPA, right? We all understand what a CPA is. Um, For tax purposes, uh, enrolled agents and CPAs are equally um, credentialed, licensed. So I focus solely on tax, um, whereas CPAs, if they get the proper training and um, experience, they can do public auditing for businesses exchange over like the security market or the security exchange, Um, stock market, sorry, I know what that is. Um, So the difference is I don't do public accounting, but for tax purposes, CPAs and enrolled agents are equally licensed. Um, And also enrolled agents have the um, authority to represent taxpayers who have tax problems before the tax authorities. So it's a tax specialty. I do have a pretty extensive background in tax representation, helping people get out of tax problems. Um, and that's where the enrolled agent designation is, has come in pretty handy. This is like such great information already for me because I'm always looking for a CPA. Like that was always my, my go-to was CPA, CPA, because I knew I had like super complicated taxes with multiple businesses. But this is so good because now when I search... I don't have to only look for CPA. Yeah. So the pool of available professionals is a lot larger. And there really are a ton of enrolled agents. And they probably don't call themselves enrolled agents because it just doesn't translate well in the public. So they might just call themselves tax accountants or tax professionals because when we're talking to you know the public, they're like, what is an enrolled agent? So I actually, um, my copywriter helped me with a really good blog post on my website to actually describe the difference between what a CPA and enrolled agent is and who kind of like should I work with. Um, and it breaks it down in really, really simple, simple verbiage for people who are confused. Like what you know, who's better? Cause it's always kind of a, a <laughs> joke in the world. Like there's this, almost this uh, animosity between CPAs and enrolled agents. But the reality is, you know, we're all just here to, to help people with their tax situations. That's awesome. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. So year end tax planning, we are getting to that time of year. I know like I've already had a call <laughs> with my CPA, you know, like that's definitely on all of our minds. Um, so can you talk to us as business owners, um, in, in different 
levels of entrepreneurship specifically, what should we be thinking about right now with year-end tax planning? So the very first thing that you should always be doing, and a lot of people miss this step, is do your bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. And I know that seems like a very simple thing, but it's not enjoyable for a lot of business owners. Nobody likes to sit down, take the time to actually compile all the numbers, categorize everything, and then for some of us, realize how much money we've spent, right? Because we all had this idea, oh, I'm making so much money, but I'm spending so much money, which is great for taxes, but again, not if we have to pay bills or have expenses that fund our personal life. So I always recommend start your bookkeeping. If you can maintain it monthly, that's the best. If monthly is too much, try quarterly. If quarterly is too much, try twice a year. And then if it's a Hail Mary, just do it at the year end. Um, but the, the longer you wait in between month over month, you are more likely to miss deductions because doing everything all at once, it's very, not only time consuming, but just annoying in general. We don't want to sit and scroll through mindlessly through bank statements. So definitely doing your bookkeeping is the number one thing that I recommend. Um, and if you are at the point where you can afford to, because the bookkeeping is just no longer something that you want to do, there are lots of service providers that will help you with that, um, that can accommodate all kinds of budgets. So it's not something that you're stuck doing on your own, but definitely don't wait until, you know, January of the next year to get it done. Cause you're going to miss stuff. And in the talk about tax planning, once the year's over, you can't fix or change anything that's occurred. But if something's done, you know, November, December, we can look back through the year, make some adjustments um, and hopefully find some things that were, that were missed or um, look into some other planning options as well. I'm super grateful that we have Jessica on right now because I feel like this is the pep talk that I actually need. <laughs> so Lindsay here is probably super organized, getting on with her accountant. And I'm like, I don't want to touch my book. So like I dread it. I hate doing it. I've been trying to get my husband to delegate it for I think like five years now. So this is great information just for me and a good kick in the pants because I need to be more on top of it. And I have had cases where I've missed deductions and it has been said and done and there's nothing I could do at that yeah. point. Yeah. And I, you know, if you're looking for someone, I have a really good local bookkeeper who is great. Um, I'd be happy to email intro you guys. Um, she's taken on all the bookkeeping that I don't want to do anymore because I decided this year that I was going to focus strictly on tax reduction strategies and um, tax planning as opposed to being kind of like an all-in-one shop. So my focus is strictly tax uh, reduction strategies. So I'd be happy to refer I'd, someone for that. I'd love that. And we'll make sure that we also add that into the show notes. So if you want to reach out to them, you can too. That would be great. Yes, for our local audience. So what are some of the missed deductions? Because I bet you I still miss some. We spend a lot of money between our companies. It was We have two main different businesses and I know we're missing stuff. So, I mean, I, I would say the most common, and again, my, my um, ideal client is a service provider. So I do understand the deductions for um, product-based businesses, but really for my service providers, it's interesting. They miss things like telephone expenses. Um, I don't know how many times I've gotten a, a profit and loss from um, a client and I've said, hey, don't you use your cell phone? And they're like, well, well, of course I use my cell phone. I'm like, why don't I have a line item like for your telephone? Um, and again, it's just a weird thing that people forget. Um, also, you know, depending on the way that your entity is formed, you have different ways to deduct 
um, any home office expenses. So, you know, Schedule C filers, which are sole proprietors, um, you can take a deduction using a form called the 8829. And it basically takes a ratio and it says, here's the square footage for the exclusive use of business. Here's the total square footage for the home. And then you get a magic percentage. Um, and then you can take that percentage of your total housing expenses, rent, repairs and maintenance, um, internet, uh, a landline if we still have those. Um, <laughs> also utilities, electric, electric gas, trash, landscaping, uh, house cleaning, anything to physically maintain your home, um, a percentage of that can be deducted on your um, income tax return. And then other entity types, corporations, as corps partnerships, there are other things like accountable plans um, to capture some of those deductions that you can take for the use of your home. So surprisingly, those are other things commonly missed. Um, also, too, I think people forget that if we're out in a business environment um, and it has a business nature, that a lot of those times expenses that maybe wouldn't normally be business related could be um, considered businesses, business expenses. So I'm here at your podcast and I had to pay for parking. It's not maybe normally a business expense I would incur, but I'm here advertising my business so I can deduct the parking expense as a part of my business expense for the time and travel that it took to get here. I can also deduct the um, cost of the mileage to travel from my place of business to this location and then back. So those are just um, items that are commonly missed. Um, that I think if people really, again, worked with professionals, had meetings to understand what they're allowed to deduct, there's a lot probably that people would realize, oh, that had a business purpose, that had a business purpose, that had a business purpose. Now, is there a point where you don't want to deduct too much? Like, do you ever advise your clients, like, say, if they've been in business for three or four years and they're just still deducting everything and maybe they're not giving themselves, like, a livable wage? At that point, do you say, okay, we need to ease up on your spending or reconfigure that? Or, like, are there any red flags for those things? So in, in the eyes of the IRS, the IRS says take every deduction that you are legally entitled to. However, when it comes to items that are considered audit red flags, absolutely lifestyle comes into play. So if I'm working with a taxpayer and they come to me and I know they live, you know, out here in Eagle and they are presenting me with their business income and at the end of the day, they're operating at a loss I'm like, how did you live, <laughs> right? And it's it's possible that they get support from family. It's possible that they have, you know, savings and they have other means of earning money to support their lifestyle. But the reality is computers review these tax returns. So if, if I'm telling my client, hey, like this isn't going to pass the computer test, I might reconfigure the information to mirror reality. Maybe they are being too aggressive with a certain expense. Maybe I would say... Did you really travel that much for business? Is it possible that this is more of a personal travel expense? And then, you know, having that conversation and identifying that it's maybe personal versus business and, you know, allocating that away from the business. So definitely there's got to be some like reasoning to the information presented. And I try to look for, again, what mirrors reality um, and also, you know, again, like where the business might be in its stage, like you said, three, five years, they should be profitable and not just like a little profitable like you should be earning a living wage um but all of that too is is proper planning um uh, my tax reduction reduction strategies 
part of that includes making sure that the other um, American dreams that you want to participate in, like maybe buying a home or maybe buying even like your dream car, that those things are possible. And if I'm reducing all of your income to zero, so you're not paying any taxes, I'm also potentially preventing you from reaching those goals. So I, it's a, it's a more holistic approach to make sure that your two, five, seven year goals are met versus, oh, let's just save you the taxes today and then prevent the future dreams tomorrow. Okay. So I know I'm hogging her right now, Lindsay, but I got one more thing. (laughs) I just really want to acknowledge, and I love that it sounds like when you work with your clients, you are taking into account their future goals. So I own a mortgage company with my husband, and that's one of the biggest things is people come in, especially when they're self-employed or they own their own business. And we're just like, we can't get you into a studio. Like you have to claim money. So I love that you're talking about their goals. That was just it. Go ahead, Lindsay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So good. Okay. So I know that you have clients that you work with locally. And then also like, can you tell us a little bit about who else you work with? Like clients from all over the place. I know that you specifically like working with coaches and consultants. Tell Tell us a little bit more about that. Definitely. So um, one of the great things about the enrolled agent designation is I'm not precluded to one city or state. Um, For both federal and state tax purposes, I can help taxpayers all over the U.S. So I actually do have taxpayers really all over. Um, I've got some in in Florida and I've got some in South Carolina and Texas and a lot in California because that's where I was originally, originally from. I'm building a clientele out here in Boise. Um, But it's super beneficial to have that flexibility, you know, being a a virtual tax accountant, I can help people all over. There's no reason why um, I have to work with someone strictly locally. I can help people who travel frequently. Also, I work with a lot of military um, people who are in the military or who are military spouses. So they move frequently and they have their own set of rules when it comes to taxes that I have to be on top of. So I do have a lot of people who have traveled, you know, state bunch of different states at one point. So I enjoy that part of my job because I have people who reach out to me. I do a lot of marketing on Instagram and they're like, oh, I'm in, you know, Virginia. Can you, can you help me with my taxes? I'm like, absolutely. I I'm licensed in Virginia. So um, it's been beneficial to have that flexibility where I'm not stuck only serving one set of clients in where I'm located. That's awesome. Um, Anything else that that you can think of specifically for coaches and consultants that you think that they should know, especially starting out. Um, I know that we have a lot of audience listeners who are in those first couple years of business and maybe they haven't quite gotten all of this experience yet under their belt. Um, what would you, what would be your, some of your tips for them? I would say is assume not everything is immediately deductible in the year for which you spend the, the money. Um, there are uh, rules within the tax code where items, um, you have to earn money in certain cases to deduct the expenses, um, specifically in the startup phase. So if you are spending money to start your business and maybe you're advertising and, and you're meeting with other coaches, maybe you're getting involved in masterminds and you have a lot of money going out, um, but the reality is there was not any money earned, what will happen is um, sometimes those expenses can be treated more as like startup or organizational costs, and they are deducted in a very unique manner. So if you spent $20,000 but didn't earn even a single dollar, you wouldn't get a $20,000 deduction in that year. 
typically you're offered a deduction of let's say $5,000 up front. And then the remainder of that money is what we call capitalized over a period of 15 years. So you take a little bit every single year as an expense against future income until it exhausts after 15. So, you know, be mindful that I, I love entrepreneurs. I love people who start businesses, but you should absolutely be meeting with a tax consultant to make sure that the money that you're putting out there and how that's going to be treated for tax purposes. Because if you're expecting to have maybe like a zero liability or maybe you have a W-2 job and your side hustle, you're, you're putting a lot of time and energy and money into that side hustle and you're thinking, oh, this money that I'm putting here, I'm just going to have this big loss and I'm not going to have to worry about taxes. And that's not always true. There's a lot of factors that kind of roll into that. So don't skip the part about miss- meeting with a tax consultant to make sure that like all the all the T's are uh, crossed and the I's are dotted. It's really important. How do you run your business? Are you available throughout the year for your clients? Or because I know there's some, you know, tax accountants and all these things that it's like tax season comes around and they're there and they're ready for you. And then you had a question like two months later and it's just crickets and they're not around. Absolutely. So one of the things I wanted to do differently when I took my, um, you know, my seemed like a 10-year side hustle into full-time employment. I wanted to um, have a more modern approach to the accounting world. Um, A lot more newer accountants are taking this model because they realize that their clients want to have access to their accountant throughout the year. So you'll notice that a lot more modern accountants have kind of the same adage of, oh, I'm not your typical tax accountant because we're not. We're not working 60, 80 hour weeks during tax season and then never talking to you again for the rest of the year. So my service offering, my packages include year round support. So any package that you're engaged with me, you either get email and phone support, um, access with me throughout the year. Also, you are going to have regularly scheduled meetings. So in one of my packages, you're always going to have the the tax meeting to prepare the return, but then we're also going to meet at year end to kind of finalize everything and make sure that we're in a good spot. My other packages might include two or sometimes even four meetings a year. So I definitely encourage my clients to communicate with me regularly. And I do have some clients who actually feel like they're taking advantage of that because I'm so sorry, I don't mean to bother you. I want you to bother me. Every reason why they're reaching out to me is because they have a situation that they're like, is this going to affect me affect me tax-wise? Most of the times it does. And I need to be able to say, this is what what we're going to do and how we're going to address this. It's going to either cost you this much in tax or it's going to save you this much in tax. And I encourage those conversations so that there's not a surprise in April. Because again, I can't change anything when the year is done. But if you come to me with even like a two-week lead time at the end of the year, there's potentially something I can do to make an impact on how that's going to affect you. I'm in love right now. I'm just so happy. I'm like, I want all tax accountants to take this like approach because I've had many times where I've tried, you know, at the end of the year where we say we've had a banner year and I'm like, oh my gosh, we are going to get creamed at the end. I need to spend money and trying to figure out what I should spend the money on and not getting anybody to respond to me. So I just wing it and try to figure it out. So yeah, <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. And I do believe that, um, you know, there's there's going to be a wave of this change in how people approach accounting and how professionals approach accounting. And I'm going to start mentoring other people in my position. I have a, a, a separate kind of stream of income that was an accident. I actually got really, really good at automating tax practices. So I have a really um, random pool of tax professionals, about 2,000 right now in my 
um, tax pros, uh, automations and workflows Facebook group. And I teach them how to no longer be a slave to their practice. Um, and I have a, a huge pool of people who are actually interested um, in working with me and learning some of the things that I've done. And what I want to teach people is that you don't have to have a, again, 80 hour work week to survive in this business, but it's also very client focused and client centered because one of the benefits to automating your practice is I've completely elevated my client experience and I've gotten a lot of really, really good feedback from my clients that are just happy to know where they are without having to consistently ask me what's going on. I'm actually communicating with them first. And it's been a really, really cool um, industry to kind of break into because now I'm able to take other tax professionals who maybe have not been doing things in a manner that's helpful for them to maintain their client base. And now they're like, oh, my clients are so happy. I'm so happy I'm not working so much. Um, so hopefully there'll be that new wave of, of accountants who adopt this this new, not your traditional tax accountant model. I've never been so excited to talk about taxes before. So if you are <laughs> looking for a new tax accountant, make sure you reach out to Jessica Smith. She is trailblazing the taxing world. Lindsay, got yeah. any thoughts? So um, we will make sure to link all of Jessica's her website, Instagram, follow her on Instagram. I never thought I would enjoy following a tax. Her account. reels are great. <laughs> but yes, I was telling Ashlyn that. I was like, her reels are hilarious. They are. When she told me that, I was like, I can go watch them now. And I watched like five of them, right? Like yeah. once. And it's so funny because, um, you know, taxes, I, I know that taxes are not exciting for people. And I don't make reels about taxes with the expectation that like people are going to chime in like, oh, this is going to be so interesting. No, I sit there and I dance and change my outfits. Like you should see the room that I'm recording the reels in. It is totally not like an Instagram versus a reality thing. And I have clothes all over the place. I have my animals like in the background. If you could see the past the green screen, my kids toys. And I'm literally like the one where I talk about people avoiding their, their bookkeeping. I'm just literally dancing. Like I just look so stupid. I just change my mug and I change my outfit. And I think I changed my glasses. But that was one of my most popular reels because it was relatable. Um, so I love I love doing that kind of stuff. I try to make it fun and lighthearted, educational if I can. Um, but yeah, definitely not just talking about, you know, oh, here's the recent tax law changes that you need to be abreast <laughs> of. Like, who cares about that? No one. Well, I mean, I think that what working with someone like you, it gives this sense of legitimacy to your business. And it also, as an entrepreneur, there's so much to be stressed about. So when you know that your books are good, your taxes are good, there's a sense of peace that translates and allows you to then better focus on like what you're put here on this earth to do, which I mean, you're put here on this earth to do taxes. Exactly. <laughs> we have other gifts and we need people like you. So I just, I appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you for sharing this wisdom with our audience. You also have a free tax deduction guide for coaches and consultants featuring 101 tax deductions. So no money is left on the table. And I would definitely encourage everyone listening to grab that guide. And we will make sure that we put that link in the show notes as well. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us. If you subscribe and take just 30 seconds out of your day to leave us a positive review. Come say hi over on Instagram at Purpose Powered Entrepreneurs, and you can find Lindsay at lindsay.lives.well and Ashlyn at Ashlyn Covison. 